Uh, going to talk to Sammy Hewitt very shortly. His age just texted. Of course, age the life member. Um, tonight on the Warriors game, I like the boosted Marcelo Montoya, first or second try scorer for the Warriors, and any time try scorer for the Knights. Maybe Dominic Young looks all right any time for the Warriors. Would be Dylan was t- oh Dylan Watini's a Lesniak. <laughs> Uh, and I think the Warriors minus five is the point start, and the Warriors total points under forty looks good as well. Zade covering the whole, the whole gambit. Um, here's mine. Here's my Super Rugby multi of the weekend. I am going. Sorry, Highlanders fans. Crusaders minus nineteen and a half. I think the Crusaders will put twenty on win by twenty or more against the Highlanders given what I saw from last week. Bounce back from the Crusaders. And really, the Highlanders without Frizzell, Smith and De Groot. It's going to be a tough day at the office. Um, I'm going in the Blues-Brumbies game. I'm going to take the total points under 55.5. Under 55.5, that's at 185. And the one that's going to boost the multi quite nicely, (sighs) Rebels-Hurricanes. It's a power play. I'm taking the Hurricanes to score six or more points in the first 10 minutes of the game. They will look to strike early because they're playing the home team. They're the only team playing the home team. They will strike early. They've got firepower. So basically they're saying, will they score a try in the first 10 minutes? And I think they can, and I think they will. And that's at 375. So those three multied together is $12.60. Just a three-legger. So Crusaders minus 19 and a half. Uh, the Bruce Brumbies to total points in that game. I think they're two good defensive sides. And while they've got strike power, Deluxe, the Blues, they're going to have to work a bit harder to score tries this week. So I'm saying under 55.5 points total in that game. And the Hurricanes to score six plus points in the opening 10 minutes of that match. I wish we had an intro song for our next guest. Um, oh, he's not there. Or is he there? He is there. Is he on WhatsApp? He must be. Sammy Hewitt, come in. Mark Stafford. Oh, gee, how are you? I'm the best there is, plain and simple. Oh, there's a plan. That's my Sammy song. <laughs> oh, okay. That's I'm the best, plain and simple. Tell Sam, here's a text, just come straight in, Sammy, from Mark. Tell mm. Sam, no blubbing when the Warriors lose. Oh, that's a bit harsh, Mark. <laughs> Is he not on the is he not on is he not on the bandwagon? He said if he's not on the Warriors train. He said if they lose, actually. Very yeah, big if. Big very, if. Very important question, Sam, has come to my attention. I know, I know exactly what you're gonna ask me. I know exactly what you're gonna ask me. Who's playing fullback for the Warriors? Oh, sorry. No, I thought you were gonna ask me about the flight. Um no, that's the second Chan- question. Yeah, sure. First question, uh Chance Nickel Klukstar. <laughs> Klukstar. Thank you. Klukstar. Klukstar. I, I used to get really annoyed when people used it like the Aussies because you know the Aussies don't care about pronouncing people's names right. So I thought they're just taking the mickey. But got a pronunciation guide during the week and apparently it is pronounced Klukstar. Mm. There's no D at the end and it's more of a, a clu as opposed to a clo. Clo. Mm. Klukstar. Okay. Yeah. No, and uh, yeah. Dalamotizny Zalesniak's been replaced by Ed Kossi. How will Kossi mm-hmm. respond to his late call up? Well, I mean, 
hard to find a place for him when you had Montoya and Wittini Zelizniak, but Kossi was phenomenal last year. And, um, you know, in those last three or four games, I think he scored five or six tries in three games or something. So he's going to fit in perfectly, Steph. And, um, you know, I'm sure if he if it was a matter of his attitude and training during the week, then sometimes this is a bit of a kick up the guts. Like, yep, no, you are getting your opportunity now, so you better go out there and make it count. So um, I, uh, I I like it that he's in there, and I think he's also switching sides. I think uh, Marcelo Montoya is going out to the right, and Cossi will be on the left, um, matching up, I think, against Heimel Hunt. So um, I do like it, and I think Cossi, um one of the best players towards the back end of last year, so I'm excited. Few question marks or raised eyebrows about Pompey getting the selection in the midfield. Um, has he earned his spot in pre-season, do you think, or they just want to have a look, or it's the experience factor? Why him? Um, there's probably a couple of reasons, I think, from just a fan or I guess like a media point of view, and that is maybe Andrew Webster's looked at the matchup with um, Tuala and Bradman best and thought maybe Pompey with uh, a little bit more height. Um, maybe there's a reason they've gone for him there. But it did raise some question marks because um, Pompey defensively hasn't been the strongest, um, certainly wasn't last year. Um, and many people thought, myself included, that Viliami Valia probably the best player, certainly the best rookie of last year in the Warriors and, and arguably one of our best was isn't in the side and, and no apparent injuries or anything. But like I said before with Ed Cossey, you know, maybe it's, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Maybe this is a move from Andrew Webster, Valia maybe not giving 100% in, in training or in pre-season and wants to sort of give him a bit of a rocket. So has put Pompey in the centres to sort of say, you you got to earn that spot if you want it. And if you're in it, you got to play damn well to keep it. So um, you know, it's a big question mark, like you said, Steph, and you're only going to find out um, at eight o'clock tonight. I, I'd be a little bit concerned, given that I mean, Bradman best when he's fit and and raging is one of the best centres, one of the most damaging centres in the competition, and uh, Tuala's quite an exciting youngster as well. So um, there will be big question marks, and the defence is. The other big question mark, is it going to be better than last year? Because we, we averaged 29 points a game in 2022 uh, against, which is the, was the worst in the comp. And it just simply is unacceptable. 29 points every single game is you're just not going to win games. So um, defence is a big is a big question mark. And Adam Pompey is going to be under a lot of pressure out on the edge, as the centres always are. Another question mark, but I think it's going to be uh, answered with a smile, is one of the greatest comeback stories, Tamari Martin in six. I'm just wondering, what do you think the effect of him will have on Sean Johnson's game? Mm. I'm a big fan of Tamari Martin, not just because of um, the backstory, but of how he did play when he was put into the Broncos' number one jersey. Um, he's just a solid player, Steph. Like, he's not... He's not going to step his way through a back line like we sort of thought Sean Johnson, well, like he used to, but how we sort of want him to nowadays. He, he's, he's more of a solid all-round player. So what you're hoping from, and I guess this is what anyone hopes when they pair a halfback with Sean Johnson, is a 5'8 with Sean Johnson, is that it just allows Sean, it takes a bit of pressure away from him in at first receiver and allows him to focus on things like his kicking game, which we really need to fire. I mean, me and Kempi have talked about it all week on various shows. The kicking is a, is a massive part of the game now. Um, it gets teams turned around. It gets your repeat sets. It puts them under pressure. Um, I think even someone mentioned to me yesterday, um, a, a player, former Warrior player, and I can't remember who it was, was on a show and asked um, who was the hardest player he ever played against. And he said Jonathan Thurston because mm. Thurston constantly made you 
have to repeat defensively always put you on the back foot and it just tied you out it just was so knackering and you, and you just found yourself not getting into the game just simply one player putting you under pressure with his boot so we need Sean Johnson's kicking game to be there and, and the only way he's going to be confident is if his man next to him is able to direct the rest of the field and I think I'm hoping that's what Tamari Martin is going to do tonight like I said he's not going to break a game wide open stepping in and away through the defense but he's got a good running game got a good passing game and he's to me got a good leadership as well which is you're going to need that to direct those that young back line too so um yeah I I'm it, there's a lot of question marks Steph you know like it's it's all well and good me sort of predicting what I think is going to yeah. happen but man you just don't know and and you this is what you want to happen but whether or not that's going to truly take place at 8pm tonight is, is the big question. I was really impressed with Mitch Barnett um, coming over to the Warriors and I was just like really is this an end of career type thing is he cashing in but when they spoke to him and he said he went to his wife and said I've been issued this challenge she said let's go for it. He sounds really really motivated. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you saw um, on the Warriors uh, Instagram or Facebook, they posted on their social media channels. They did a little episode on um, this this game week here heading down to Wellington. And they in it, they had the presentation of the jerseys to all the new players mm-hmm. uh, making their club debuts. And, you know, that it was it was a powerful watch, Steph, not just, you know, for, for a guy like Mitch Barnett, who you'll see if you go and go and find it and watch it, talks about um, how how he just wants to do the club proud and do his teammates proud and do his family proud. He wants to be here, but you got that from all of them. You got it from Mitch Barnett. You got it from um, Tamari Man. You got it from Braden Williami was, you know, tearing up in the video. Um, even Andrew Webster got invited forward by Cam George and basically couldn't speak and just said, you know, this week, this week's about you boys, not me, but you know, so, so pumped to, to start the journey with you. And what it showed me is that, Finally, the Warriors have guys who genuinely want to be here, who want to play for the club, who aren't just here, like you said, for an end of year, uh, end of career holiday or retirement. And I genuinely think a guy like Mitch Barnett, who brings so much passion and leadership to the game, um, you know, mix that in with with being proud to be at the Warriors. I think it's a lethal combination. So playing against his former team tonight, um, he, he sort of talked about that as well, said, you know, I'm going to know a few of these boys, but man, I just want to make you guys proud. And uh, I think he's going to give it you know, 100% right from 8 o'clock. Um, so, yeah, really looking forward to seeing him as well. Oh, it gives me chills, Sammy. It gives me chills. Go and watch it, mate. Seriously, yeah, I encourage anyone to go and watch it because it, it's just another sort of brick in the wall of this journey we've been talking about, um, this turnaround of the Warriors and how we feel like there's a genuine shift in the club. And, you know, you still get a lot of stick. I get a lot of stick from people, staff that, you know, I'm just it's just a pipe dream and they are always, always get overhyped and it never delivers. But there is a genuine sense that, you know, when you split the club's history up into sort of blocks from 2011 to sort of 2018, yep, we underperformed, we underdelivered a lot of stuff in the background that didn't work and they got it wrong. And then from 2019 to now, so heavily impacted by COVID in terms of travel, in terms of the players that they had to bring in, some of them weren't the right signings. And then, of course, no junior development programs. Now everything sort of feels like we've turned a corner, got a new coach, development systems are back in place. We've got good signings. We got rid of the bad eggs and there's genuine excitement for what is maybe not a winning season this year, but you know, we talk about five to 10 years and I think that's when we're going to start seeing it all take place and happen. The one player I'm also really looking forward to watching is 
Tohu Harris looks like, you know, if Mitch Barnett plays up to his potential, we've got a strong bench, Bunty Afua coming off there, Adam Fenua Blake. But Tohu Harris has now got, I think, a better calibre of forwards. I mean, he... Tohu Harris to me is like um, he's like a throwback to, to a Simon Mannering, a Michael Luck, those type of guys. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a bad game. Now he's got some support around him. Yeah, bang on. I was going to bring up the Simon Mannering comparison because it's not you're not going to get a guy who's going to make you know 200 meters rumbling up the middle using his sort of power and size. He, he's got some good speed to him, you know, given that he's a, a taller guy. But it's just the fact that he doesn't do a lot wrong, Steph. He doesn't make errors. He doesn't misread defensively. Um, you know, doesn't miss tackles, knows the right decisions to make on attack. And you, you, you're spot on. Behind a good pack around him, allow, the, the guys that should be making the 150, 200 meters, I think that's where Torhu's going to play his absolute best rugby league. And he is a silent star. He's, you know, he really was one of our best players last year and the year before that, despite the fact that he's not the try scorer. He's not the guy getting all the meters. He's not the guy breaking tackles. Um, he does everything well, like Simon Mannering did, like you said, like Michael Luck. So you're, you're bang on. I think the, the guys around him will do the, the sort of engine or the meaty work and, and, and Torhu Harris will, will be able to, you know, and the leadership as well, obviously directing them around. I, I think he's a fantastic leader for the club and very passionate. So, yeah, it's all exciting. It's all very exciting. Uh, was the excitement quelled at all by a bumpy landing into Wellington, knowing how much you love flying? <laughs> so I got a here's uh, there's a two 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 points to this. So I got a message from a bloke who doesn't I didn't know that I was flying. I knew I was flying into Wellington, but didn't know that I hated flying. <laughs> and he messaged saying, "What time are you flying in? Um, strong northerly in Wellington today might get a bit bumpy." And I was just like, I was like, mate, you don't know me, but that is the worst thing you could have said to me as I'm sitting on the tarmac. So, you know, the, the, the sweat glands were, were fully open, <laughs> fully dilated uh, pre-takeoff. And then how's this? We're sitting on the, it was about to take off. We're sitting on the tarmac for quite a while, a lot of planes coming in and out. And I was just on my phone as you do. And I open, it's on airplane mode, but I opened up Facebook and it hadn't sort of refreshed the page. And the very first story I saw was on the NZ Herald. And it was like, um, passengers suffer frightening turbulence after plane drops 300 meters in a matter of seconds. <laughs> and once again, the first thing, the first thing I see before the plane takes off. So, look, I uh, I had I downloaded a couple episodes of Drive to Survive. That was going to be my uh, flight time routine. I watched about an hour of it. Can't tell you anything that happened because my mind just wasn't there. It was out the window, uh, making sure we were we were still in the air. So, uh, yeah, I'm uh, still shaking, and uh, I will be having a shower very shortly to, to get rid of all the sweat, um, but hopefully ready to rip in at 8pm. 8pm uh, co-commentary with Georgie Leipold, um, great mate yes. of mine, actually, which is, shows you how small New Zealand is as a village. Yes, and he's going to be uh, he's going to be fired up and ready to go. I know he's done some commentary stuff in the past. A great second voice to me, uh, given that Kempe's having a little holiday up in Fiji. So, coverage from seven pm, Steph. Um, we will do a big build up as we always do, and then uh, yeah, kick off at eight pm. Lots of Warriors jerseys walking around uh, around town here in Wellington. Lots of Warriors jerseys on the on the plane ride down too. So, uh, just a great way to, to open up the twenty twenty three season. Can't wait for your call, you Sammy and Georgie Leipold. Uh, give it death, and uh, let's hope. For a try for chance, Nicole Klukstad. Kluk, Klukstad. 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 Okay, all right. Good man, mate. Enjoy tonight. Go, go well. Sammy Hewitt, he will have live commentary for you from 8 o'clock. I think the build-up starts at 7. Um, so can't wait for the season opener for the Warriors. I'm, I'm guardedly optimistic.
guardedly optimistic. Very much looking forward to it. Let's go to some news, a sport and weather with John McNeil.